Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. God, I just thank you for who you are. God, we exalt you and lift you high. Jesus, you are so worthy. I thank you for our salvation. God, I thank you that even when we didn't love you or know you, that you loved us and that you died for us. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you forgave us of our sins and that we can just simply receive all that we need from you. I thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So turn with me to Hebrews 4. And we're going to start. I know I keep messing up the guys with the scripture. I know I said 16, but I want us to do a little bit of a backdrop, and we'll start at verse 8. This is, this is, um, it says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore, this is, this is giving attention. This is something that we should be doing. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This is what the word of God is. It's active, alive and active. And it it even goes right to dividing thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I love that because the Bible says we don't even know our own heart. It's deceitful. But God, through his word and through the Holy Spirit, can draw those things up to the surface so we can see those things. It's good news. Sometimes we think it's like he's judging and condemning, but I'm telling you, after we, if we apply what I'm going to just encourage us in today, we won't see God like that. It says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, Pastor Greg had talked earlier a couple of weeks ago about Adam and Eve, like when God said to them after they'd sinned, okay, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that he didn't know. See, it says here, he, everything is uncovered and is laid bare before him. Nothing's hidden before God. So it wasn't that he thought that, oh, I can't find them in the garden. They must be under the weeds somewhere. It wasn't like that. It was that he was wanting to grab his attention. And then it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, this is the verse that I want us to take heart. It's a good one even to memorize. It said, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Or another version says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. See, God's throne is, is of grace. You know, even in the Old Testament, he foreshadowed, he had even like a mercy seat that if you did something wrong and you ran to the mercy seat and sat on it, do you know they weren't even allowed to punish you while you were sitting on that seat? Now, I'd like to know what happened after. Like, eventually, you'd have to get off the seat, right? <laughs> eventually, you would get it. But even foreshadowed, he had a mercy seat. But this is who our God is. He says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You know, that's like a lot of times we get born again, and then all of a sudden we think we have to serve God on our own ability and our own strength. And we forget that we can come to the throne of grace. That grace is there. You know what grace is? It's unmerited favor of God. It's the power and the ability to be able to do through his strength. With confidence, that means I can confidently know that I can go into that throne of grace at any time. You know, that veil has been ripped open, and it was made open so that we could come in freely because of the blood of Jesus. It's not because of your merit. It's not because of your good works. That's why we can rest knowing that. It's because he did that. You know, you think of Queen Esther. Queen Esther, when she had to come up to the king, do you know it says that she got them to fast and pray for three days? And she was nervous about going because when you went to the king, if, he, if you went without an invitation, that could have cost her her life. That could have cost her her life. And she knew that. You know, it's like our Queen, Queen Elizabeth today. How many, how many feel like, hey, let's go to Buckingham Palace. Let's go visit the Queen. No, it's by invitation only. It's the same everywhere with it being a king. But God's wanting us to see something here. That when you come, you can come to me, to my throne of grace, and you can come to me with confidence. And it's open to you. You've been given that invitation to come to me. And this is what he says. Why? So that we may receive mercy. How many need mercy? I thank God for that verse. One of the verses I learned as a young teenager, and it was, it was like, oh, thank you, Lord was that his mercies are new every morning. Sometimes I'd go to bed at night and I'd think, oh, this trying to be a Christian's hard stuff, God. I thank you that tomorrow morning is new and your mercies are new. I get a, a whole brand new, new day to start off. But his mercy 
we will find, and not just find his mercy there, but we can receive his mercy. And it says, and find grace to help us in our time of need. If there's ever a time that we need his mercy and his grace, it's today. It's today. We need that. But, you know, so many times we look at God. I'm talking to all of us. This, this message is mainly for Pastor Greg. <laughs> so you're, you're in for the ride. <laughs> but you know what? His mercy and his grace is there. I'm not coming to God. I can take him, my weaknesses to him, and that's where the exchange begins. I love that he says, he says, who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We don't have a God that's not able to empathize with our weaknesses. See, he's not saying, fix yourself up and become strong because you should know better, and then I'll deal with it. See, it's not like a good diet. All right, during COVID, I was on Weight Watchers prior to, and with a good diet... You're, you're tracking, and you're, you've got plans to be disciplined and to fulfill your each day. And you know what? Natalie and I were laughing the other day. It starts off great. We track breakfast. We're off to a good start. And then after breakfast, done. And the next day, okay, we're going to do it. We can do it. We can do it. We start off with breakfast. Oh, and it's a good breakfast. It's only five points. And then... <laughs> See, our walk with God is not like that. We treat our walk with God like that in the Spirit. We think that we have to somehow muster it up. We have to be able to behave. We have to be able to bring all the disciplines in our life. And the one thing I want us to learn today is just let's go to the throne of grace because there we can receive mercy. There's where we receive mercy. That's where we can receive the grace that we need in our time of need. When we need help, we can go there. Let's go to Romans. No, 2 Corinthians 12. This is Paul. He's talking about all the different things that he could boast about. You know, he's like, I've been shipwrecked. I've been this. I've been that. I've been, you know, I'm not going to boast on those things. He's talking about, you know, the revelations and the visions that different ones had received. He's talking about all of these things that God had for him. But in, in verse 12 here, he says, in verse 5, I will not boast a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations... Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming deceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But this is what he says. He said, my grace is sufficient 
for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. His grace is sufficient. You know what sufficient means? Enough. It's enough. That's all you need is his grace. His grace is sufficient for you. It's sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in weakness. You know, when you think of power, the thing about power is it's all, like in the panel box, it's all ready to rip. It's all been wired into your home, and all you need is one little tool to plug it into the plug, and zing, it does what it's to do because of that power. Well, with God, his power is already made available. His power is there for you and I. And he's saying, this is what my power needs. It needs weakness. It needs not you thinking that you can self-do it. Not that I could try to do it on my own strength and be able to just give my strength to something. His power is perfected in my weakness. And he says, therefore, I will gladly boast, uh, more gladly about my weaknesses, so that why? Why would he be boasting about his weaknesses? And his weaknesses, it's not like he's uh, just falling and failing. Like, you read before, that chapter before, it talks about, you know, he was shipwrecked, he was left for dead, he was beat, he was all of these things. He seeing revelations and, and going to knowing people that are going to the third heaven and all of that. But he's like, outside of all of that, I have to recognize I can't do anything without him, without his power working in me. And he says that, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. We need Christ's power to rest on us. We need his power to be able to cause us to live our day to day. You know, as believers, we shortchange ourselves. We think that salvation was all that we needed his power for. We forget to include him in our day to day. Do you know, I don't just need power from him to pray for the sick and see them recover as wonderful as that is. I don't just need power to be able to do a big thing. I need his power working in me daily to be able to go to my job. I need his power working in me to be able to have relationships with my friends and my family. I need his power working in me to be able to deal with the thoughts and the intents of my heart. I need his power to be able to carry me through each day. And so the one thing that I want us to be able to, I want to encourage us in with his power, then it says here, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Anybody felt delightful these last three months? <laughs> I like, oh man, 
I can't even say he, you don't understand, Paul. How many have felt like you've been delighting in your weaknesses in those times? But we can. And it says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. How do we get that? It doesn't happen by us just walking around feeling weak, feeling weak. Oh, you know what? I'll start tomorrow. I'm going to start. This, this is the one thing I see too many times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start tomorrow. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go like blazes. I'm going to do my devos for an hour. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. And they might for one or two days. Or, or now we have that wonderful version app. Any of you online, if you don't own a Bible and you need a Bible, version is a very good version to be able to pull up and it gives you um, different translations that you can read from. So it's a very good app. I'm not knocking the app. But how many look at your streak? Oh, now I'm back down to zero streak. Oh, five streaks, boom. Missed my chapter of the day. That's how we treat God. We, we put him in so many compartments. And we're not going to him with, who has the power. We're not going boldly into the throne of grace. And this is a place that you and I can go continually. Now, this is something over the years that I've tried to develop in my own life. And it's getting close to who he is and knowing I can come freely to him with anything that I lay bare before him and there's nothing that I can do or say. There's no failure that I could have done that he's going to say, Sheila, I give up on you. He never does that. His throne of grace, I can come boldly in there knowing that the very character of God is loving. I may not understand. I may think that things are not going well, but I can go boldly into his throne and know I can just cry out to him. I don't have to even worry about how I'm saying it. So many times we treat prayer like we have to know the right words to pray, and we have to say the right things. You know what? Just cry out to God. Just share your heart. And then as you're reading the Word of God, you read it like you're learning about who He is. And as you read those things, it's like, oh, God, that's who you are. See, it's not having faith in your faith. A lot of times we stop short. We don't come to the throne of grace. We just stop at faith. Oh, I have faith that if I pray the right way, then my faith is going to do it. And it's kind of void of a relationship with Jesus. Or I just hope, I hope. What are you hoping? I don't know, I'm just hoping. No, our hope is in him alone. I can take refuge. The Bible says he's my refuge in a time of need. What's a refuge? A refuge is a safe place that you can go in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a battle, in the midst of anything, and you can find refuge. It's like, oh, I feel safe. I can stay here. 
I can do this, God. And the one thing I want us to start stirring, I just want to stir us up today, is stirring up that I can come to the throne of grace continually. I can run in, run out, run in and out and in and out. And you know, a lot of times when things are hard, I find myself going there multiple times. It's not about your devo time. It's about a relationship with God Almighty himself, who's a loving, compassionate God, who has grace and mercy there for us to be able to receive, who has his power there to change our weakness into his strength. That's why we can say we're strong because of him. It's not because of you or I. It's because of him. And it's just a wonderful place to go. It's kind of like, it's literally a place we just go into his presence. We're not uh, emptying our minds and finding like our zen or our new age thinking. It's not that. It's coming into the presence of a holy God knowing that I need you, God. This is who you are. And that's why we take the word and we say, God, I thank you that you are loving. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you are a God full of compassion. God, I give you this area in my life that's a weakness. I don't know how to change myself, but I'm asking you to please change me. God, start with me. God, everything that I'm seeing around me looks difficult and complicated, and it's like a storm. But God, please take me, change me. And you know, that place, it's, it's shutting all the loud voices that are going on. And that takes practice, people. That takes practice for you and me. Because when you first start, how many know? I remember when I first started this it, it was a little easier when I was single, but then all of a sudden I'm married, and then I'm working, and then I start having baby, 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 and it just got harder and harder and harder. And I remember thinking, what am I supposed to do, God? Like, leave 20 years out till the busyness stops and then continue, or what do I do? And I just heard God say, come into my presence Come into the throne room of grace. I'm there in the midst of all of that. And you know, this is how you come in. This is how you come into the throne of grace. You can, you can be busy doing the dishes, whatever, in your day, and you just go, and this is what you do. God, I love you. You don't even have to close your eyes. Maybe you're in a, a room full of people that are all talking negative. Okay, let's make it real. Okay, there's a lot of that going on, right? This is what you do. I start thinking in my head, and I start praying to God, because he's right there with me. This is what I'm praying in my head. I'm not saying this out loud. Sometimes we have to speak out loud. A lot of times, this is what I'll do. Holy Spirit, I know you're here. I love you. I need to draw on you right now. God, I need your presence. I need your power, God. Oh, God, help me know what you want spoken in this situation right now. 
Jesus, let me be able to show your love. God, I need to be able to operate out of your love. God, I'm feeling inside. I don't know how to deal with this. Help me, Lord Jesus. God, you're king. God, we lift you up. I exalt you, Lord God, right now. I thank you for your presence. I thank you. You're with me right now, God. And then you just carry on with the conversation. That's coming into the throne of grace without even geographically moving yourself. Another way, go to the bathroom. God, just worship you and thank you for who you are. God, you said when I lift you up, you'll draw men unto you. It only takes moments. And what I want us to see is that a life full of those kind of moments creates an atmosphere in our own lives that starts to affect everything outwardly. It doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, the, the idea that everything is candy floss and sugar for the, the body of Christ is not reality. It's not reality. And are we going to serve him because he's God? You know, he's God. He's God. If he wanted to be an angry, brutal God, you and I couldn't do anything about it because he's God. That's who he is. You know, my earthly father was a certain kind of man. I thank God he was a good, godly man. But if he was a tyrant, he would still have been my father. It's the same with our heavenly father, our God. But, you know, he says he wrote a whole entire book about who he is and about his character and about how loving and compassionate he is. That's who he is. So we can come to him boldly to the throne of grace. And we can receive mercy every single time. It doesn't matter if this is your umpteenth time failing. But every time we come, there's an exchange that happens. My weakness gets exchanged for his strength. And I might not see it in a day. And I might have times when I'm practicing and tripping up and tripping up on the same thing. But eventually, he leads me. The Bible says, he leads me into triumph over my enemy. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do life without him. I don't want to do life with him just left in my living room, and I only go to him there. I don't want to uh, revel in, uh, think that I'm so grand that I can make all these earthly decisions on my own. I love being able to go to him and ask him, what, what do you think of this, God? Do you think this is wise? Do you think this is a good decision? You know, when I was little, when my mom and dad started me with um, allowance, and everything was, was that a wise decision, mommy, when I'd buy something? Was that wise? Did I spend my money well? That was an important issue to me. But even now, as an adult, it's an important issue. But I don't ask my mom. I ask Jesus, what do you think of this, God? Is, is this a good investment? Is this a good thing to step into? How do you see this, God? Or there's a big mess over here with it. Okay, God, how, how do you see this change? 
What can I do? How, does this, how do you want to position me? See, I'm not leading me. He's leading me. And it takes the stress off. It says that we can actually enter into his rest. That's the wonderful thing about it, is that when we have that, we, we enter into his rest today. The verse that says, today if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. As they did in the day of temptation. They didn't enter into his rest. But we can enter into that rest today. And yesterday was called today, and we could enter into his rest. And tomorrow will be called today, and we can enter into his rest. Regardless of what we're facing. Regardless of whether you think it's mundane or not mundane. And you know what the wonderful thing about that is? This is what I love about my God. Oh, he's so sweet. He wants to talk to me. He wants to talk to you. And he takes whatever's going on in your day, and he speaks to us through it. There have been times I've been at the grocery store, and all of a sudden, I'll just see something, and it's like he gives a little life lesson, and I'm like, okay, we got to pack this up and get this home so I can go study God. That, that is wonderful what you just shared there. Or sometimes when you're, you're driving, and all of a sudden, you see something, and your heart just all of a sudden, it's like compassion just jumps out of your heart. That's not you. That's him. See, and the world needs him. If ever, the world needs what you and I have. It's not us, and it's not our strength, and it's not our ability. It's him. He says, when I am lifted up, I will draw men unto me. So that's all we have to do is just keep lifting him up. And I just want to encourage us today that it does not have to mean like a good diet you have to do this amount and that amount and so much works. We can rest in our relationship with him. And it's just that. It's a relationship. It's knowing that I can serve and, and honor and have a friendship with my loving Savior. Now, I don't have to wait for eternity my eternity started the day I got born again. What I'm doing here is only going to increase there. But I can experience here. I can experience his love. I can experience his freedom. I can experience his peace. I can experience his rest. I can experience his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, his compassion. I can experience his power now, today. And he made it easy by just simply being able to come to the throne of grace and to receive those things. You know, in the gospel, it says, follow me as I follow Christ. See, it's not about you and I. It's about Christ. And people should be able to see the body of Christ following him, 
And they're like, hey, where are you going? I'm following Christ. Come. Where are you going? I'm following Christ. Come. We're great inviters to the presence of God. And that puts every one of us in that. And you know, that's one thing that I see that I like about all of this pandemic. It kind of lets you see the frailty of your life here. And it makes us look at something more eternal. And we serve an eternal God. We serve an eternal King. Amen? And he is so worthy. He says, for when I am weak, then I am, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's take a moment. Let's just put your hand on our heart. If you're at home, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And we're going to pray. God, I thank you that we can come to your throne of grace and that we do find mercy and we find your grace in our time of need. And God, I thank you that your power rests on us, that we receive that power to change our weaknesses, that your, your power is made perfect in our weakness. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I just want, if Holy Spirit, just bring to remembrance those areas in our life right now where we need to do that exchange. We come to you with those weaknesses right now, God. So you don't have to hide the weakness. You don't have to be ashamed of the weakness. Like I read earlier, you are laid bare before God. And he embraces and loves each one of us. So God, we, we give you that weakness right now. God, we ask for your strength. We ask for your grace. We ask for your forgiveness, God. I thank you that you are a loving God. You do not deny any one of us. There is nothing too big. There is no failure too great. I thank you for that. And God, I just ask that we learn to practice your presence, God, that we learn to take those moments, taking those times, Lord God, throughout our day to include you in all that we are doing, Lord. God, I thank you that you walk with us, that you lead us, that you speak to us, Lord God. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you that you comfort us, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you train and you teach. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you provide for us. I thank you that you deliver us, Lord God. God, even in those things that we're bound in, I thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your power, Lord God. 
Do you know the, the word says, be holy, for I am holy. Do you know you can't be holy without the spirit of God working in you to be holy? Jesus says that we put on the robe of righteousness. Be clothed in my righteousness. You know, a lot of times even as the we talk about, well, Jesus is coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. We got to get rid of the spots and the wrinkles. And you kind of do this oomph on the inside to try and clean yourself up. And that's not what we're to do. He says, put on the robe of righteousness. That's like putting on the wedding dress. You know, a bride puts on a dress that's without spot and it's without wrinkle. See, it's Christ, our righteous king that clothes us. And we are transformed by the renewing of our minds through Christ. That's how we're transformed. We are to become imitators of him. And when we spend time with him, when he shows us his love, when he's showing us his character, you want nothing but to fall in love with him. It doesn't matter who's doing or who's not doing. It doesn't matter if they have a wrong attitude or it's not done right or they're deceiving. It matters what I'm doing with him and what's my relationship with him look like. And I'm telling you, our relationship with him can go as deep as we allow him. And I want to go deeper with my Savior. I want to go deeper with him because he... What I love about him, I have an individual that can put my foot in my mouth a lot of times. I kind of just like say it the way I see it. And sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes not good. A lot of times I'll go to bed and think, oh, I just wish I hadn't said that. And then I have to call and say sorry. And Anybody been there? Yeah. But you know, with God, I can come to him with how I'm feeling, all my fears, whatever I'm dealing with. And I can't say something that will offend him that he will pull back from me. He will correct me. That's why David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because he learned, even in discipline, it is a wonderful thing, God, because you're not going to leave me where I'm at. But you're going to continually train me. You're going to continually cause me to grow and to develop into the person that you created me to be. So that's who our God is. He's so loving. So, God, we just thank you today for your love. I thank you that your love never fails. And I just ask that with, from this day forward that we continue to allow you in the moments of our life, God. Every little moment, Lord. And I thank you that we find rest for our souls, Lord. I thank you that rest is in you and that power to be able to be transformed and renewed is through you. And I thank you, Christ. And we love you, Jesus.
Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.